What a great song for us to sing. We certainly have reason to praise the Lord, don't we? We have reason to be thankful this morning. It's great to see you all here. And again, I know that we have many who are in the parking lot. Thank you for being here as well. And those who are uh, watching via live stream, may God bless you. And visitors, thank you for being here with us as well. My mind has been on Psalm 103 where David said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. And well, great words for us to remember that we have reason to be thankful, brothers and sisters. We have reason to rejoice. And I will tell you, it's a little bit awkward being up here this morning, uh, being in the parking lot for the last three weeks. I think I can tell when you guys are laughing or smiling at me, but even that's a little bit difficult, right, with all of the masks. And we certainly had no idea that we would be in the building this morning in this situation back in January or February or even in March. But nonetheless, God is good. Would you agree with that? God is good and it's reason for us to be thankful. Our study this morning for a few minutes is going to be in Genesis chapter 37. So if you have your Bible, turn over please in Genesis chapter 37. We're actually going to begin in Genesis chapter 37. And I've thought about this moment for such a long time and I know that you have a lot of emotions and I certainly have a lot of emotions as well. And I'm sure as more of us are in the building together in the coming weeks and months, those emotions will continue to to flow and and to be shown. But thank you so much for being here, and those who are outside and those who are at home, may God bless each and every one of you as well. In our Bible class on Wednesday nights, as you know, we're going through the book of Genesis. And it's great, by the way, to be able to walk around a little bit. I couldn't do that in the back of the pickup truck, but Stephen, I do miss your truck. Uh, I like your truck quite a bit. Uh, In our Bible class, we are studying the book of Genesis, and this week we're going to be in Genesis chapter 37. We have already looked at and considered the lives of many great men and women for that matter. Men like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Now this last section, we're going to spend most of our time considering a great man by the name of Joseph. I love the man, uh, the man named Joseph because of just who he, who he was and the kind of faith that he had. As we begin our study this week, and we're going to talk about him this morning, we're going to pick up the story of Joseph when he's 17 years old. He's still young, and certainly I'm sure he had a lot of expectations about what his life was going to look like. He's going to share some dreams with his brothers or to his brothers and to his father, and that's not going to work out too well. In the process of time, his life is going to change forever. His life is going to be filled, I think, with disappointment, no doubt discouragement, even frustration. There was a lot of uncertainty that Joseph is going to face or would face in his life. Yet despite all of that, there was one thing that was always certain, at least when I read the story, there was one thing that was always sure, and that was his faith in God, his connection to God. You see, he lived a life of uncertainty, an uncertain life, and I want to talk about that for a few minutes because his life, I think, will give us some things for us to ponder and think about as we go through some 
days of uncertainty. I bring all this up because that's exactly what we are facing. We are facing uncertain days. We're living in the time of if. We're living in in a time of questions, right? How long is this going to last? How long do we need to wear the mask? If this doesn't change, then what will it look like a few months from now? People have questions like never before. I was talking to Nikki about this, and I was telling her, or asking her, I wonder what Black Friday is going to look like. Have you thought about that? What's that going to look like? You know, everything has just changed now. There's a lot of uncertainty. Do you like how that feels when things are not certain? No, me neither. But the more I think about it, maybe as Christians, we need to get more comfortable being uncomfortable. Because a lot of us are uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable at this moment. A lot of us are. But then I think about men like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and as we'll see, Joseph. What do we see in their lives? We see uncertainty. We see them packing up and moving from one spot to the next. We see a lot of challenges that that came their way. But through it all, they kept pressing forward. We're going to have to do the same. They kept staying connected to their Father in heaven. We're going to have to do the same. So I believe the story of Joseph is going to help us a lot as we go through some days of uncertainty. And despite difficult days, there's always room for us to grow. Paul reminds us in Philippians 4, we're not going to read all that, but he reminds us that in whatever situation or circumstance he was in, he learned to be content. So even through challenging, uncertain days, we can learn to be content. There are two big thoughts that come to mind. I'm sure there's more we could talk about as we read the story of Joseph. The first thought I want you to consider as we think about his life is the fact that when you look at the life of Joseph, his life was often, or the things that happened in his life were often unfair. At least that's how it appears to me. And I say that because Joseph, throughout his life, tried to do the right thing. In chapter 37, beginning in verse number 1, the Bible says, Now Jacob lived in the land where his father had sojourned in the land of Canaan. These are the records of the generations of Jacob. Joseph, when 17 years of age, was pastoring the flock with his brothers while he was still a youth, along with, along with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought back a bad report about them to their father. We know that the sons of Jacob from previous chapters, they had, they, they had done a lot of bad things, they had committed a lot of sin. And now we find Joseph going back and talking to his father. And some may read this and say, well, Joseph being that younger brother, isn't that what like the younger brother does? They tattletale, they go back, and they talk about all the bad things their sibling has done. Well, we see Joseph doing this, but at the same time, when I read it, I think it says something about Joseph as well, that there's a bad report about his brothers. But as we look at this man's story, we continually see good things from Joseph. And we see a man or a young boy who turns into a man who is striving to live a life of integrity. And so as you continue on in chapter 37, we see some other problems along the way. His brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, so they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. Problem number one, there was favoritism with his father. And I remember we talked about this last year in our BBS class. We looked at the story of Joseph. 
I've been reminded going through the book of Genesis, again, that this is not just a story for, for little kids or for young people. It is. It's good for them to know it. This is a story for all of us. We've seen the problem that happened with Isaac and Jacob and Esau. And now we see more problems with Jacob and how he loved Joseph more than all of his brothers. There's hatred. There's favoritism. Then Joseph is going to relay these dreams that he has in verses 5 through 10. And verse number 11, his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept, saying, kept the saying in mind. And then in verse number 12, it says, Then his brothers went to pasture their father's flock. And Shechem. Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send you to them. And he said to them, I will go. Then he said to him, Go now and see about the welfare of your brothers and the welfare of the flock, and bring word back to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron and came to Shechem. Something that stands out to me is that Jake or Joseph is he's doing the right thing. He's listening to his father, he's being obedient, he's gonna do what his father wanted him to do. And yet there's going to be a lot of challenges that he's going to face. The hatred, the jealousy, the bitterness is going to build up in his brothers to the point that when they see him coming, they begin to plot against him. In verse number 19, they said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Now then come and let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits and we will say a wild beast devoured him. Then let us see what will become of his dreams. Talk about the hatred. Haven't we seen the mindset and the hearts of some of his brothers in the previous chapters? We've seen it. So now they're plotting against him. Joseph is not doing anything wrong. He's not bringing anything. He's not causing this to happen. And yet all these things are going to happen. Thankfully, his brother Reuben in verse 21 heard this and rescued him out of their hands and said, let us not take his life. And so while his life is not taken, his life is going to be changed in an instant. 17 years old and everything changes. When I look at the story, to me, I think a lot of things that happened to him were unfair. He was trying to do the right thing. Trying to be obedient to his father. Trying to live for God. And when we pick up the story, we know that in the latter part of Genesis chapter 37... We know that he's going to be sold off and he's going to be separated from his family and he's going to begin a life that he had not expected that day or that year. And for the next next number of years, his life is never going to be the same. His life is never going to be the same moving forward after this. I look at the story of Joseph. I see a lot of things that happened to him that were unfair. His life is now uncertain. He's separated from his family And this wasn't the only time where life is going to be unfair to him. You turn over to Genesis chapter 39. I think many of us know this story well in Genesis 39. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. He's going to work hard in Potiphar's house. He's going to do the best he can during these difficult circumstances. We know in verse number six, he left everything he owned in Joseph's charge. And with him there, he did not concern himself with anything except the food which he ate. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance, the same language used to describe his mother, Rachel. It came about after these events that his master's wife looked with desire at Joseph and she said, lie with me. 
But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house, and he has put all that he owns in my charge. There is no one greater in this house than I, and he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? Throughout this difficult time, we see the foundation of Joseph. It's God. His faith is still in God. And Joseph is going to do the right thing, and yet life is seemingly going to be unfair to him. Potiphar's wife is going to lie about him. And what we find by the end of Genesis chapter 39, now he's in prison. Doesn't that seem a little bit unfair? Doing the right thing, and and yet he's now in prison. A lot of things changed in this young man's life. His life had a lot of uncertainty in it. But through it all, there was one thing that he was always certain about, and that was God and his faith in God. And that's really impressive because you go back to Genesis 35. Remember Jacob, when he tells his family that they're going to leave, he told them, remove the idols, from, remove all the idols. There was idolatry taking place. There was idols involved in their household. And yet what we find, and I guess you could say this is something good from the standpoint of Jacob and Rachel and Leah, is that at some point in time, Joseph got a good understanding about God because he understands that he's not going to sin against God. He has a standard that he is following. He knows what is right. He knows what is wrong. And even though he's in a foreign land, he's still maintaining his integrity. And I believe that's such a powerful point for us. Even during days of uncertainty, we strive to do the right thing. We still do the right thing. It says something so important, I think, for our young people. Joseph is a young man. And how important it is for our young people more than ever to have a strong foundation in God. And how important it is for our parents to continue to instill these seeds of faith. Because we have been reminded, and our young people need to be reminded, that we're going to face difficult days. Life is not going to work out as we always want it to work out. Who knew that at the beginning of the year we're going to have drive-by birthday parties and graduations and and ceremonies with colleges on Zoom and things like that? Young people need to understand that there's going to be some things that are going to happen that are not always going to fit according to plan. Life can become uncertain very quickly, which is why we need to be sure about God, which is why we need to have this strong foundation. Life can often be unfair. It was for Joseph. Yet he still worked hard. He still maintained his integrity. And what a great example for us to follow. We're going through uncertain days. And I don't know what this is going to look like in September, October, or January of next year. But what I do know is God is with us. God was with Joseph the entire step of the way. In Genesis chapter chapter 46, remember at the end or towards the end of the story, In Genesis 45, rather, excuse me, in verse number 5, Joseph, as he's speaking to his family, says, Now do not be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sowed me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are still yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. You see, he still understood. He could look back and see that God was with him. And while there were difficult, uncertain days, he was never alone. And that's my hope and prayer that we'll be able to say the same thing. God has been with us every step of the way, despite the uncertainty that we're facing. Joseph 
His life often was unfair. And sometimes things will just happen in life. And we have to be prepared for that. And we have to continue to remain with God. And yet, what's interesting, and this is my last point, what's interesting, when you look at the story of Joseph, the story of Joseph also reminds us that even during uncertain days, that life often brings about a lot of unexpected blessings. You'll see this, and I hope you'll see this when you read the story of Joseph. Because when you go back to Genesis 39, and it's so easy to focus on all the bad things, isn't that easy to do for us right now? Watch the news, and you can just, you'll be in tears after 30 minutes. There's just all the bad things that are taking place. But what if we focused on the good things that are taking place? There was a lot of unexpected blessings that Joseph experienced. God was with him. And in Genesis 39 and verse number two, the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph. So he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now his master saw that the Lord was with him and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. Doesn't it remind you of Abraham and Jacob? Abraham, he was blessed and others around him would be blessed. Kings would be blessed because of him. Jacob was blessed by God and Laban and his household would also be blessed by God. And now Joseph, the God, God's hand is on him and Potiphar sees that he's being blessed by God. He saw that the Lord was with him and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. Even through these uncertain days, he was still being blessed. And he worked hard and he trusted in God and God continued to be with him. Even when life became unfair and he was thrown into prison in chapter 39 and verse number 20. <coughs> Excuse me. So Joseph's master took him and put him into the jail, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the jail. But the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. Even through uncertain days, even when life was unfair, there were still a lot of unexpected blessings that Joseph was able to experience. And we pick up the story again in Genesis chapter 41. Remember, we see that just as quickly as his life changed for the worse, or at least that's how it appeared, his life also would change quickly for the better. In Genesis chapter 41, remember, he had helped some others who had been in jail with him. But they had forgotten about him. But now in Genesis 41, after the Pharaoh had a dream in verse number 14, and the people could not interpret the dream for, for the Pharaoh, in verse number 14, the Bible says, And Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph. Actually, let's go back up because I want you to understand this. In verse number 10, Pharaoh was furious with his servants, and he put me in confinement in the house of the captain of the bodyguard, both me and the chief baker. We had a dream on the same night. He and I, each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dream. Now, a Hebrew youth was with us there, a servant of the captain of the bodyguard, and we related them to him, and he interpreted our dreams for us. To each one, he interpreted according to his own dream. And just as he interpreted for us, so it happened, he restored me in my office, but he hanged him. Then Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph. And they hurriedly brought him out of the dungeon. I love that point because things quickly changed for him, for the better. I don't know if he was expecting this. Probably not. He's probably trying to figure out, what is this going to look like? What is my life going to look like? But in an instant, things changed. He hurriedly was brought out, out of the dungeon. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've had a dream, but no one can interpret it. 
And I've heard it said about you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph then answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. And I love that because even when life was unfair, who was Joseph still thinking about? God. Even when life would suddenly change for the better, who's on his mind? God. You see the balance that he had in his life? Life sometimes is like all these highs and lows. But there's always got to be something that remains constant. Our understanding of God. And when the panic sets in, and anger, and anxiety, nervousness, we've got to go back to God. Because he's always going to be there. And that's what we see with Joseph. And, and we know the rest of the story. He's going to be blessed. And even in years that would take, things that would take place years later, there's going to be more blessings. This unexpected blessing of being reunited with his family, seeing his father again, reconciliation with his brothers in Genesis chapter 45 to the point where he couldn't control himself anymore. Before all of those who stood by him and he cried, he had so many emotions. And yet this blessing is going to come about where he's going to be able to spend more time with the family that he had been separated from. It's a fascinating story. It's a story of things that were unfair, but it's also a story that even during days of uncertainty, there's still so many blessings that can come about. I want you to think about this as we wrap this up. Because I can't remember the last sermon I preached here in March in the pulpit. trying to remember, and that's bad. But things just change so fast, don't they? There's a lot of uncertainty. And with the quarantine, with the pandemic, a lot of things have changed. Let me ask you this. What good things have happened as a result? Have you seen some unexpected blessings? You see, even through these challenging days, I believe there are. Sitting on my couch, I guess it's been, what, two Thursdays now? Or a week ago, where, or yeah, two Thursdays ago, where Wade called me. And a short while later, we're here at the building, baptizing Vivian. That's an unexpected blessing. But wasn't it great? Even during these days of uncertainty? And I got a text uh, last month, or back in March, I believe, when Lexi was baptized in the bathtub at her house. Unexpected blessing. There are so many for us. We don't have time to consider all of them. But that's just one portion of it. Some of you have told me the intense Bible studies that you're having with other Christians around the United States. I don't think that was happening back in January and February, was it? There were some unexpected blessings there. And even with the quarantine, there's been hopefully some unexpected blessings with our family members. We have some time to spend more with one another. To maybe even to fix some things that need to be or needed to be addressed. Brothers and sisters, there are so many unexpected blessings, even in days of uncertainty. And let me just say this too. Difficult days and challenging days will force us or sometimes will reveal weaknesses that we have. Has that happened to you? Have you seen that, yeah, you know the scriptures that talk about being thankful like Colossians 3 and verse 15? And you know that you're supposed to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice like in Philippians 4 and verse 4. 
And you know that you're not supposed to complain, but in every circumstance, be content. You know these scriptures. You've heard them for years. But you recognize you're coming up short in some of these areas. Well, even during these uncertain days, I believe there's a blessing in that because now we can see where we need to work on even more in our walk with God. What we need to consider even more. Maybe it's even with our families. Sports are good. Hobbies are great. Traveling is great. But we've been forced to consider a lot more things. And just as the brothers of Joseph had to come face to face with the mistakes they had made, with the decisions they had made, it turned out for good. And maybe some of us need to experience that as well. Well, now is a great time to do that. Now is the best time for change. And I believe that will be a great blessing for us as well. The story of Joseph never gets old. It's a story we need to remember because his life was uncertain. And right now, our lives are uncertain as well. But through it all, he knew God. He had a relationship with God. And God was with him. Let's be sure we remember the same. I appreciate your attention this morning. Thank you for being here. If there's someone here who's not a child of God, we'd love to study the word of God with you. We've had souls saved here, and the gospel will not be contained. It will not be stopped. It will not be paused. We're going to continue to study and preach the word of God, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you're in need of salvation, now is your time. Let's sing a song together.